Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. It's 2021. We've got whiskey, we've got sports, and we've got Chris Collinsworth. It's already looking promising. Let's do this. All right, we've got the first episode of 2021 for us, Dick. I'm pretty excited. What about you? Dude, Kurt, I am fucking stoked. <laughs> yes, promising already. It's already getting off to a better start than 2020, right? Amen to that. Yeah, right about now we were learning what COVID was. Um, I was coming back from Vegas. and Wrong. Uh, so we've got a few topics to discuss um, lined up as we do with our first second third and fourth dram some of the big notes we're going to be talking about are um, the new york six um college football new york six huh we're only going to keep it down to new york all right so some of the topics we're going to be covering this evening um are our new year's six uh, bowls, some of the other bowl games that happened right around that time. Really, just college football news headlines in general. Also, talk about for the record, I only wanted to keep talking about the semifinals, but continue. Yeah, well, there are some other entertaining things that happened that I can't not talk about, and we'll also talk about. <laughs> we will also cover some of our you know just high level twenty twenty one picks. You know, whiskeys that we hope we can get out there and try. Whether it's you know picking up a bottle or hopefully some of these COVID restrictions are raised. And we get back to the bars and enjoy that in peace and safety. Um, and then we'll also talk about the NFL. It is the end of week 17. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry, I always wanted to do that. So as we're closing it out, we're watching the final Sunday night football game of the season, which is a determination game whether or not the Redskins stay in or, hey, maybe the Giants pick up. 2021. We're not saying Redskins anymore, Dick. Cut it out. My bad. The Washington football team, soccer team, whatever it was. Yes. All right. And we'll talk a little bit about coaching and close this out. Yes, because it is the awesome bloody Monday tomorrow. All right, before we dive into our first segment of course of what's in your glass let's hear the socials yeah so just a couple of reminders there for you drammers we do have the website out there fourth dram we've been watching the traffic and have seen a few clicks so we're super happy to have you guys uh, coming and join us learn a little bit more about what we do you can link out to the facebook's and the instagram and twitter instagram and twitter handles are both fourth 4thdram and just a shameless plug here um, I don't know what you're listening to us on right now or what podcast streaming service or, hey, if maybe it's through our website. We are actually on a few other um, podcast streaming services, including Player FM, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and Deezer. All right. Thank you, Dick. Things are getting exciting around here, man. The more platforms, the better, right? We're getting like, what, one per new platform? It's awesome. Yeah, something like that. I think we've got now like a million subscribers now. So I'm sending a challenge. If you send us a question, I'm going to read it on the next podcast. Okay, it's gonna, and then you're gonna say, "Oh man, I was listening to you guys at the beginning." You'll you'll want to be there, okay? Because when we get to that level of at least a thousand followers on Instagram, oh, let me tell you. All right, so for the first, what's in your glass of 2021? What do you have, sir? So I've actually got um, a little bottle here that was the 2020 World Whiskey Awards 
world's best bourbon. Um, you and I both ch- actually tasted this bottle. It is the Iron Root Straight Bourbon Whiskey. They're located in Denison, Texas, which is just north of the good Big D Dallas. And this is actually edition 20C, which has been aged 32 months, coming in at 115 proof. Kurt, what about you, man? Well, yeah, before I get in my glass, I'm very interested to see what you have to say about that one because world's best bourbon that's going to have a lot of critiquing Uh, i've seen positives and negatives on social media i'm not going to pretend like i got a really good taste of it when i was at your house because i think we had had a pretty good lager before that one uh so the taste is going to be all over the place uh so i'll let you give it a fair judgment i've mentioned the iron root distillery on one of our earlier episodes uh but yeah like i've been preaching I'm trying to continue my uh, tour to Texas, I guess you could say, by giving the home state another chance. Uh, I'm trying to help you out there, too. Yeah, first bottle, the (laughs) Balcones Baby Blue, rough rough start. Um, That was 2020. This is 2021. Totally. So I've got Still Austin here. Uh, Still Austin Straight Bourbon Whiskey. The musician, to be specific, saw it on a couple forms. Actually, got to try a sample at Total Wine, and first impressions weren't bad, so I decided to grab a bottle. Uh, Still, Austin's been open since 2015. This is their third batch. They uh, apparently use all ingredients are from the state of Texas, so it has this big old certified Texas whiskey sticker on it, which is pretty cool. Can't get more Texan than that. It is a 98.4 proof, 70% GMO white corn. What is GMO? 20, well, I was hoping that you, the whiskey nerd, would be able to uh, help us out on that. It's genetically modified. Cut my ass off. Um, anyway, so like I said, 70% genetically modified, which, okay, what's the O stand for? Gotcha. 25% rye and 5% barley. Aged at least two years, and I paid about 45 bucks for this bad boy. It does not get more Austin than this. Uh, it has a lady on the bottle playing with her hair. It's a, it's a nice piece of art, um, but definitely has that Austin vibe to it with the maybe... Matthew McConaughey would probably enjoy a class. All right, all right, all right. Sorry, I had to do that. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, you know, funny short story. I was actually able to go to their distillery without actually realizing oh, what it right. was on my 30th birthday weekend a while back. Um, and uh, right after going to Aaron Franklin's or just Franklin's Barbecue, um, had a few drinks there. Um, we did not get to do a, d- a distillery tour. We actually missed the uh, the last uh, the last tour or last tasting tour of the day by about 30 minutes. But super cool little spot, man. Nothing too crazy, but it's like this industrial park. Um, really ha- kind of hard to find in the back there. A um, couple of bars right next to it. But yeah, man, um, for what I remember, they did vodka. They did, I think they did gin. And then they also did um, whiskey, and I think I probably had what you're having, but I had it in like a uh, old-fashioned cocktail. And from what I can remember of that day, it was great. Probably their second batch. Yeah, probably. It was a little while ago. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to um, 
Well, I mean, we we've got stuff now. Do you want to start with the nose? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I'll let you kind of continue on the nose. You think you've got it right there? I'm going to pour a little bit more on this thing. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the nose on our traditional first dram. And, you know, I, I was interested because the sample, you know, they give you the little plastic cups. You've got to drink them and keep moving, or at least you got to do that. And then you got to try the other five samples they have throughout the store. It's fun times. You know, you can't just say no, right? You can, but I'm not a quitter. Um, so this nose on this bad boy, so what do you, what do you think of, what do you look for when you get that Texas whiskey, Dick? What are you looking for? Me personally, I think we've talked about this a couple different times, but we talk like that traditional Texas funk. Um, that's what I've been really experiencing quite a bit. And I think you have too. The way I understand that is that's a lot of the corn mash bill in there, specifically the Texas corns. Okay, and I ask you that because I'm not getting that on this. I'm not getting so much of that. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I might have to get a bottle now. It's it's back there. But it's not like it's prevalent right up front? No, and that funk works for people. It works for Garrison Brothers. I'll say that. It works for certain ones. This one, it's back there. The corn is there. But you get a interesting, and I'll, I noticed it more in the palette, which I'll talk about later, but if you get the, oh, like a oak fresh oak wood like fresh oak little bit of cinnamon definitely some citrus and really man this is probably about the third time i've poured a glass of this and the nose is all over the place but with really good stuff see a little bit of lemon i get a even a little hint like a little bit of toasted marshmallow man it's weird chocolate the nose is all over the place on this one kind of you know as compared to others that i've had mm, yeah what would you rate that nose the nose yeah. the nose is an a for sure an a like, right. i'm loving it okay see like I, I, a, that's refreshing for me to hear man yeah and for a young bourbon you know this is like they said no at least two years um on the back of the label it's it's got a good nose good promising start there that's awesome. You gotta love those young bourbons. Um, as long as they're done right, you know they can. Uh, you can. You can get some good, some good results out of theirs. And I think a lot of it also comes back to like. And I don't know. Think we know this, but what barrel size are they using? Are they using ten gallon? Are they using thirty gallon? Are they using you know fifty gallon barrels? A lot of that kind of plays into how fast it's going to age through there. And then also, are they using staves? So I know I want to like bourbon nerd out on this, but I mean, those are a lot of questions that I would love to really know about that. All right. You talked about Franklin barbecue. I love so many things about Austin. So when I say very Austin, you know, I got to read the back of this label for you to really understand. Give us a rundown. Okay. So I'm not going to read the whole thing because I want to leave some for the those out there that pick up a bottle but this this right here this straight bourbon is more than just texas grown corn rye and malted barley distilled and aged in oak barrels it's music in a bottle when you try our straight bourbon we recommend putting on a record you love ah see what they're doing there the musician got it i know it's got to be a record so they're trying to sell vinyl which tells me that conspiracy theory this is all created by the vinyl i'm sorry <laughs> Why? Why, Dick? Why? I love to dick things up. 
All right, yeah. so um, I'll just give you my, my quick rundown on this nose, man. Um, yeah, I'm talking about you've got the whiskey of the year there. Man, and this goes like into the whole like nerd out about whiskey, but really can get into the ideas of, you know, judgment in general. These these competitions that have like you talked about barbecue. There's a difference between competition grade barbecue and like homegrown good Texas barbecue, right? You get into these things and from what I understand and what I've been able to discern through my readings is that they're really looking for something that's different, complex, gives you a a different nose feel, different notes on the palate um, than you would typically find in like a traditional bourbon. Like that same year, I actually found out that the single barrel was actually Rebel Yell. That was a 2020 World Whiskey Awards single barrel of the year, which threw me off. It was a it was a 10 year Rebel Yell single barrel. So another one I have to try. Overall, though, I mean, you, you get like that traditional, we've called it funk. So no, I think when we're talking about that, we're starting to get a little bit better and understand it's more of the corn, the Texas corn, blue corn, um, you know, mash pills they use here. Once you get past that and you really start to taste it, I pick up like, you know, vanilla oak. Um, it's very, very proofy right off the nose. It feels like a higher proof than it is because it only comes in at 115. I think it comes in like 130 on the smell. Um, and then you get that kind of slight honey back in taste, which is smell rather, which is nothing to be mad at. Um, overall, though, I'd, I'd give this nose kind of like a C minus just because that that funk is not my favorite thing. And it's very, very pungent right up front. So hopefully I nerded out a little bit enough for you. You did. I'm just a little distracted here because I've got a little big red gum on the nose of this bad boy. So before we kind of move on to our next segment, I kind of didn't really hit it. I think when I picked this up, this was a $65, $70 bottle. What did that, what did that still Austin set you back there? 45 45 okay. And that's a 750 yeah. Uh, Yes. Okay, awesome. Cool, cool. And just because my OCD is all over the place, where's Rebel Yell from? Uh, Rebel Yell is actually a Bard Sound product. Oh, really? Yep, Bard Sound. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've never had a Rebel Yell product. I've never had their products either. I've heard a lot of people talk about them, and it's not necessarily favorable. And that's exactly why I've never had one, because I literally had a buddy who tried it and said wasn't good, and I should probably give it a try, because you learn. You learn. <clears throat> okay, well, it looks promising so far, at least on my end. This looks like a very good start to the year. Looks like a possible uh, winner on the Texas Bourbon Trail for me. But we'll wait to get to the palate and final thoughts. We've got to get into it. New Year six. Lots of good football over the weekend. Uh, the Knicks won, which is irrelevant, but I had to throw that in there. Which one do you want to talk about first? All right, so let's talk about New Year's, New Year six. Um, I think just a recap of the semifinals. I'll, I'm going to let you cover the game that you're going to cover. But I'm going to hit shout oh, out. What game? That, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. What game are you talking about? We'll get to it. Calm down. Oh, okay. Just you got to gotta be happy just in general. Um, the SEC proved their point 6-2 and two over the course of bowl season, which was nice. Thank God that Arkansas game was canceled because that wouldn't Three have been Three games good. yesterday, right? Yep. Yep. Ole Miss, Kentucky, and a and Yep. Uh, <laughs> so A&M pulled out the win over UNC. That was a little bit touch and go. But uh, I think they, they definitely proved the point at the end, figured out what is, it is to win. I love Jimbo's call out about, you know, 
you ain't seen nothing yet kind of thing there's more to come all right i think you know a couple other cool games um since he had their chance to pull out an upset on georgia or well, we called it an upset but it's a you know g5 over p5 um they didn't pull it through but i think they had a good fight i think it just drives home the fact that we have to find a comeback win wasn't it it georgia's was a comeback win yeah but I think it drives on the fact that we have to have other options or other setups for these G5 teams that have a, have a legitimate shot. So, yeah. Um, what about you, man? Anything notable? Uh, Pac-12 was pretty absent. I saw Colorado just get steamrolled by the University of Texas. I saw Oregon get steamrolled by Iowa State. I saw... Florida get absolutely smashed by Oklahoma. Man, I wanted to see that A&M Oklahoma game so bad. That just I'm scared. I, I don't know how much better it would have been if Florida had had their receivers. I'm sure it would have been much better. I don't know if it the way they played, I don't think it would have been a huge difference. Now the sad coaching there. Okay, so the coaching nerd in me says, yes, it would. Because you had you had backup receivers that throws off the timing. I didn't count the drops, but they were noticeable. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a lot closer. But Oklahoma looks so good that I would have loved to have seen that A&M Oklahoma game. North Carolina, though, great three quarters of football. They did. Um, that long one, that long one may have even been at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I'm not sure. Like I said, I didn't watch a lot of it. Yeah, Oklahoma, nice. They looked really good. Um, Northwestern over Auburn. Um, I think that was a little bit of a surprise for me, at least. I thought Auburn would show up. Well, it wouldn't be a surprise if you knew Northwestern was good, and then if they had gotten beat by a better team. Who am I thinking of? Damn it. Ah, mm. uh, who said? Uh, oh, you said they got beat by a better team. I know they got beat. I don't know if it was by a better team. Northwestern? Yeah. Who did they get beat by in the Big Ten Championship? Oh, that was. I thought you said a better team. You, you mean OSU? Yes, they did get beat by a better team. All right, so let's just let's just quit beating around the bush. You want you want you want to talk about OSU? Let's talk about it. What's there to talk about? What do you want to say? I showed up. That's what I'm talking about. Did I pick Clemson in our prediction? Yes. Did I say Ohio State absolutely deserved to be in the top four? Notre Dame did not. Yes. Do I think my brain is so freaking big? Yes. Can but, I burst your yeah, bubble by just saying you're right? No. <laughs> no, you can't. You want me to argue with you on this? I'm not going to. I think you're right. Um, I think Ohio State proved there's their point. There's nothing to argue. Bow down. Beyonce, bitch. <laughs> Bow down. Like, there's nothing to say. Justin Fields just balled out. Now, do I think he's going to do that against Alabama? That's a different conversation. That has a different conversation. We'll get into that. Um, I, I do think, to your point, Justin Fields silenced the haters. Um, Balled he, out. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, I do think we also talked about the fact that Notre Dame, once again, complete choke artists in any meaningful games, had no business being there, and their track record has to go into consideration in a future um, future conversations. It has to. Like, and it's not just Notre Dame being Notre Dame. It is Brian Kelly being Brian Kelly. Uh, yes, yes. No, he's not. I, he's I, not I, been good since I, Oregon. I am not. No, 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 no. Shut your face, because they've still got into those games. But they chose. You can't sit there and say, "Oh, 
they've yes they have shat to bed in those big games, but they're still going undefeated until those games are maybe an one independent. loss. Independent, and then they get to okay, design their so own schedule. Okay, so it's working for them. Take okay, so then listen oh. to this: smaller schools <laughs> fill <laughs> your be- schedule with some relevance like they do every year, and oh, you'll get did, somewhere. Did they fill their school their schedule with relevance they this have, year? Apparently, this, it's this been year? working. This it's year, did they working. do that? Did they do that this year? Yes, they joined the ACC and played Clemson in North Carolina. Who else is relevant there? So what? What was what so, was the ACC? So Carolina is North Carolina relevant? They're irrelevant. Oh, so that this that goes back to the it, this goes back to the conversation. We had nothing to gain and everything to lose by playing them. It also goes back to my point that what was the ACC's record for this bowl season? Let me answer me that. I don't know. 0-6. Okay. <laughs> it's an irrelevant conference. Fuck. I did not know that. That I mean, yeah, when you throw facts and figures at me, I guess that makes sense. But still, if you take that if you take the previous years where Notre Dame has an independent schedule, dick, it's been working for them. I but I, I would argue the point that they don't but necessarily work the for whole, themselves. You can't go in next year and say, well, Notre Dame shits the bed, so the, no matter who they beat before then, it doesn't matter. I mean, that doesn't doesn't work that way. No, I think, I'm think i not saying it has to be the deciding factor, but it has to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Historical okay. performance of programs goes into the conversation. That is why Alabama is Alabama. You don't, okay, Al- okay Al- so then if you're going to do that, Ohio if you're going to say that, then your whole argument about it's the same teams getting in every year, mm-hmm. then that that defeats that argument, does it not? That doesn't not. No, it doesn't. Alabama's defeat Alabama. Argument. Ohio State's Ohio State. Clemson's Clemson. Well, so then they need to be the teams in the playoffs every year. That's not what I'm saying. It that's goes what back. You just said you've got to take into no. hist- well, history and relevance. You do. We do. It okay. happens, but it becomes this overwhelming fact as of late, where Ohio State wins one game in Week Five. And gets to be number three in the country. And Ohio State just won the playoff game. But that's not the point. You're missing the then point. what is the point? The point is you have to take historical performance into the equation. But okay, so did they take Ohio State's previous historical performances into consideration by putting them in the playoffs this year? No, they didn't have to because they were, they were a Big Ten champion. But everyone was arguing that that's why they were in the top. That was why they were ranked in the preseason before playing a game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that goes against everything you've been saying all year. So I don't think that agrees disagrees with everything I've been saying. Well, that doesn't. I, I, the thing is, I, I think we're arguing the same point from two different angles here. One of us is saying, "Hey, you have you you're." Are we totally pulling a Max Kellerman? We're like just hitting this from all over the place. Yeah, we're just talking in circles at this point. But I think what we're driving home is is yes, I was your right. previous perform. Yes. You were right. Your previous performance has to go into consideration as a factor. But with these, so specific- Ohio State goes in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm. I'm not. Do I think AM could have beat Ohio State? Not the Ohio State that played Clemson. They played Clemson. No, they do I think not. I could beat the? Do I, do I think the AM could beat the Ohio State that played Northwestern and Indiana? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, then I've, I could. I think Ohio State could have beat the A and M that played Auburn. Like that. Yeah, no, just I agree. Nitpicking. But no, I'm not nitpicking. I think what I'm what I'm really trying to say you here. You specifically pick two games that works in your advantage instead of looking at the whole picture. Okay, fair enough. Well, then give me the rest of the picture of the big of of Ohio State. They are playing in the national championship. Okay, all right. What I'm getting at is the the Mic team. Drop. 
the team that played Clemson is not the team we've seen the rest of the season. That's what you think. I think I've seen it. Just I, I don't. That was do, not. So. That was not Justin Fields. The previous three games. No, I, I. Yes, and it's funny you say that. He played with a chip on his shoulder, and I hate that term, but it was so true. I agree with you in the sense that before the game, I mean, people are just they were ripping it apart all day. Not gonna lie, I like I think Feinbaum, of course, uh, a couple others were like he has not played well. There was even a, like, oh, man, this guy, there was a Lawrence Fields comparison for the draft, and look what's happened, blah, 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 blah. So you're right. He did come out and say, watch this, hold my beer, I'm going to throw six on you, and let's play Alabama and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, so, it was a career game. Cannot. And honestly, who else had a career game in the last two games is their running back. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he had more yards in two games than any Ohio State running back has ever had in two games streak, which is insane considering all the great running backs they've had the one by the name of Ezekiel Elliott who they beat who in the national championship that year Alabama <laughs> All right. but I think it's gonna be tough Greenbow Alabama all right so let, let's let's get off of that that hill there because to your point I think we're just circling each other and pissing on each other's feet way to go Max Kellerman sure um, just at the end of that argument who was right about which point all of it. You weren't right about all of it. Most of it. You picked Clemson 90, in the game. Ninety percent. You picked Clemson to win the game. <laughs> I did pick Clemson, but there's only two people in this fight here, and I'd say that I gave more credit where credit was due. Okay, moving on. Fair enough. Preview. Championship game. Who are we picking? <laughs> I mean, I I feel like we're gonna record in about two weeks and be like, fuck, you know. Oh well, Ohio State was good, but I I can't not pick because I'm picking Alabama. I'm I'm, I can't not pick Bama. <laughs> I don't want to pick Bama. I don't want to. I don't want to pick Ohio State. I would have wanted to pick Clemson against Bama. I'd like to see Clemson win, even though people want to do the SEC chant. That's just not my jam, dude. So, but I have to give I have to give the nod to the the goat coach. Yeah, I hope, like you said, I hope. I hope that it's a great game, but it's like you have to bring your A game against Alabama. So this is going to be one or two ways. It's going to be Ohio State having to play like they did against Clemson to keep it close, or if they don't, they're going to get mopped. Yeah, I agree. If, if you have the Ohio State that we saw the rest of the season, they're going to get mopped. Um, if you have the Ohio State that played Clemson, it's going to be a good game. I just don't know that if we have the Ohio State that played Clemson that they do what they did to Clemson. I don't think if, they're not if they, good. I mean, if anybody gets off to a start like Ohio State, I mean, gets going like they did, it doesn't matter who they play because they were that on fire against Clemson. I agree. But it, it, go ahead. I mean, it's going to take that. That's all I was going to say. Oh, no, I, I agree. I saw – I think you – I think that loss said a lot more about Clemson than it did Ohio State. And I, Well, no, I'm going to take that back. I think it said a lot don't about Ohio there. State. Just don't go there. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Because what you saw in Clemson toward the third and the fourth quarter was like this desperation kind of like quicksand thing that happened where no matter what they did, they just kept, they kept sinking farther in. I've rarely seen Alabama that happen to Alabama. Rarely. They always fight and they never seem to lose their composure. And I could, you know, be once again two weeks kicking myself in the ass for making this statement, but I think as tough as the game may get, as tough as Ohio State may 
play, I don't think Bamba's ever going to be out of the game. I've only seen them that happen to them a couple times. Including the national championship against Clemson a couple years ago. And, and that's one of them. I, I just I think that Saban is very good about learning from his mistakes and not repeating them. And, and dude, is Devontae Smith... you got two Heisman contenders on the same team. Yeah, and apparently... Notre Dame did not get that memo because they just let Devontae Smith, like, it wasn't even like, let's double coverage this guy, let everyone else, nope, nope, let's just, he, he'll, he's good. We'll just kind of forget about that. Oh, dirty little stick in the Eagles-Washington game right now. It's 17-14 to 14 in the third quarter. This is a good one with playoff implications on the line. Um, yeah, I think Alabama's going to win that game. And that's it. That's all I got to say. That's it. My final prediction, I think Bama wins. It's awesome that it is Ohio State. That's a little bit of excitement. And that's... That's, that's I think that's, that's, that's all I've got to that. say about that. Exactly, Jenna. All right, let's 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 talk about some of the fun stuff in college football that's not so serious. Well, some of it's serious. Um, a couple things that I wanted to talk about here, I'll, I'll lay out. But you start out. What do you want to hit on? I think you've got to talk about the Mike Leach fight. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't even Mike Leach's fight, but it was his response. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, lack there of Mike Leach's fight yeah. reaction. So, so just to ground everybody, if you did not watch the Armed Forces Bowl, which not many of us did, but some of us had time and it's football. So actually a pretty good game all the way through. There was some pre-game um, tussling, you want to call that, pushing and shoving, shit talking. And then the game was a little bit... It was a little bit um, chippy, I heard. Chippy. That's a good word for it. And then immediately afterward, I mean, they start going to, you know, cutting away on the next game. And then, like, ESPN broadcast comes back to it. And they're just, it was like watching WWE Raw, like, like all pandemonium happening. And, you know, a couple people got kicked in the face. Um, or at least one person got kicked in the face. Some people took their helmets off, tried to Garrett blunt it. Um, then you saw guys that weren't even suited up walking in, just like punching people and running back behind their teammates. It was funny. It was funny. I mean, as as a viewer. Not for the guy who's just minding his own business and gets punched in the face, but... <laughs> I mean, I don't think he was minding his own business if he was in the middle of the scrum. So let's let's check. You it. say that everybody. How many times have you seen a baseball scrum where some guy's the one trying to pull somebody away and just gets popped? Yeah, that's fair. Fair baseball. There's um, bats involved though. That's true. Well, a helmet's not going to be soft onto the <laughs> jawbone. His reaction, Leach's reaction. I I saw mixed things online. Well, he you know with he didn't with the see whole, the review that we saw. He did not see the angle we right, saw. Right, and defense. I think that's had a lot to do with it unless you take Mike Leach's personality into consideration (laughs) so yeah if you didn't see it I'm sure you saw it but if you didn't hear it after the game he basically said well this was a football game we're not expecting you know you know somebody to not get hit I don't know if we're expecting somebody to get hit in the manner that was you know that it happened but Herb Street tore into him said he should be embarrassed but I think it's a mixture of things. You do have Mike Lee's his personality, but yes, he's fresh off the bowl. He's more concentrating on the fact that he just won a bowl game, so maybe he's downplaying it a lot. With a 4-7 and seven record. Um, SDC, baby. But, yeah, I think I would have taken it a little bit more serious than old Pirate did there. Yeah, I, I did not love his reaction. Usually I do love his reactions. Um, 
I think you know, immediately afterward, I can't remember the um, announcer, but it was a ESPN announcer who was going after it. And he's like, he was watching it and he's like, you know, there should be criminal charges and, you know, all this other stuff. And I, I just don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think heat of the moment shit happens. If that kind of fight would have happened on a back street or, you know, someone's neighborhood, there would be criminal charges involved. Um, there was one player that got helped off, but he was in the middle of the fucking problem. So, um, anyway, I mean, not to take sides, it's just. This shit shouldn't happen. I do thoroughly enjoy it as a as a fan though, because it doesn't happen very often. It reminds me of a hockey fight, and I mean, it just takes me back to Legarrette Blunt walking out there. Remember with him taking his helmet off, and yes, yeah, that I was, do. As it soon was as you made the reference. I, I everyone remembers the Legarrette Blunt punch. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, that, I thought that was worth noting. Um, I tell you who didn't win a fight. Who was the Duke Mayo Trophy. <laughs> yeah. No, it got, it Wisconsin got, it got blasted. <laughs> celebration one, trophy zero. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, like, that was their quarterback that dropped it, right? And I think that was the first ball he dropped all game. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, though. I love me some Duke Mayo. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I don't. I'm a mustard guy except for Duke Mayonnaise. Duke Mayonnaise is so good. You know, you and I were texting this immediately after, and I grew up a Hellman's guy. Um, I've had Duke or Dukes. Um, I've had uh, Blue Plate. Like them both. I always go back to Hellman's. I am not a Miracle Whip dude. Don't even come at me with that shit. Um, but it's funny you say Miracle mayonnaise. Whip's not mayonnaise, right? It's, I don't. I think it's just Miracle Whip. I think it's like its own thing. Um, it's disgusting. Does it taste like mayonnaise? It doesn't. It doesn't taste like... It's way too tangy to be mayonnaise. It's way too tangy. It's tangy and sweet. What What section is it in when you shop? I don't know. The I think it's in the Miracle Whip section. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I love, love me some Duke's mayonnaise. Yeah. Well, we shout out this. to Duke's mayonnaise. Um, we get Hell you as yeah, a sponsor. Sponsors. Hell yeah. <laughs> I will eat the shit out of Duke's mayonnaise. <laughs> It's funny you say that. Like my wife always makes fun of me because I can get like a like a jar of mayonnaise and like they used to do as a, I've seen them do it as like a challenge or like a hazing thing. I can literally eat spoonfuls of mayonnaise and just be fine with it. Like I love mayonnaise. I don't think my kidneys or my heart arteries love mayonnaise, but yeah, that's fucking gross. I don't even have anything to say to that. That's gross. <laughs> I love mayonnaise, man. Um, so. That's pasty ass skin. That's what. That's where you get that from. That's your secret ingredient. Hey, that's racist. Uh, what? what? <laughs> you have pasty skin. But you can't say that's why I like to eat mayonnaise. I did not say that's why. You, <laughs> you said, said that's, that's where you get it from. <laughs> the mayonnaise, eating mayonnaise with a spoon is the, is this the, is the whitest thing you've ever heard. Of that. Uh, anyway. Um, all right. I think the other one we want to talk about, I'm going to let you lean into it because we've talked about this all season. Yeah, we're going to change our show to the coach's hot seat. Uh, Tom Herman's out of a job. But he's... That happened. But he's rich, biatch. He is very rich. What was that, $15 million buyout? And they have a new coach already, so... That was the most exhausting five-hour coaching search I've ever heard of in my life. It was a coaching search that the it was announced at the same time, simultaneously. It was so much drama, though, because I, I heard that... Herman's out, Sarkeesian's in. Wait, no, Sarkeesian declined the job. Oh, wait, he was never offered the job. Oh, wait, he took it, but is he going to coach with Alabama in the championship? So much drama. 
And David Pollock actually had said that he didn't think he was going to take the job. So that's a pretty reliable source, somebody who's on college game day. Yeah. But he's in, apparently, pictures and all with the horns up, you know, just like Herman and Strong in the yep. previous years. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. He was at USC. He, uh, what was it? He was the Falcons? Yeah, was he, he went work, he offensive went, coordinator. He went worked the Falcons for a little bit. Um, he got fired there, and then uh, I think we have to talk a little bit about Saban. Is he like the coach rehabilitator? Like, is that his like like horse whisperer talent? Um, I, I don't think we should talk about Sarks. Like, other than last time he was a head coach, was twenty fifteen for USC. A lot of drama, a lot of stuff happened there. Um, sounds I like he forgot he started off at Washington. Yeah. Like that's where he got his initial success at was at Washington, and then he gets the USC job. Um, yeah, we don't have to dive into that. My my question is, but he wasn't very successful there. I mean, let's just be honest. At well, USC, at USC, he was not successful there. Well, no, because everything that kind of came out and happened. but even before that, I mean, he wasn't doing a good job. But yeah. regardless, uh, no, yeah. absolutely. T- without talking about that, which we are talking about it, but. T- like hats off to him for making a comeback. I mean, that's a comeback story. Uh, I don't know if necessarily. I'm sure Nick Saban had a lot to do with that. Well, he did with him and Lane. That's true. That's true. They. Um, it's, who's going to be the they, next Alabama offense coordinator? Going to get a head coach job? Sorry. <laughs> but then it goes back to UT. Like this was your third tier guy, if you think about it. Who was like, second tier? So it was Urban. It was oh maybe it was maybe a second tier. My bad. I guess. I I don't even see the thing is I don't see Sark as a second tier. Like I really see him as a third tier. Even if he can't tell me who the second tier is, I have to question like this is your home run. Like this is what your Sark is the guy that you're willing to take a twenty eight million dollar buyout from a coach who just won you a bowl game. You know. I mean, you have to and give credit there. He has a sugar bowl in his resume. Yeah, he has, he's 4 0 in bowl games. And you got to ask yourself this question, and I am not a Herman fan. We've talked about this. But did he even get a fair shot? I mean, it takes. Joey Galloway was talking about this over and over and over and over to the point where the host had to basically cut him off. But he said, essentially said, like, you, you, this is like the new college football. You get three, maybe four years if you're lucky to turn a program around. It takes longer than that. It takes you three years to get the old guys, people out of your locker room. I wish I could. Look, I wish I could look back and see how long it took for Saban's first, first one. Oh, the LSU one. No, Alabama. Oh, it, I want to say it took him three or four years, but I mean, yeah, he didn't. He didn't but he, he, not everybody's Nick Saban. Right. And then again, that goes back to what we've talked about. We've beat into the ground, the expectations. I mean, you you have won a national championship, won in the last 50 years. But, I mean, what's the rush? You're going to fire Herman when he's got a bull victory. So, let me ask you this. I mean, do you think it was the right decision? No. Okay. No. I think it is the right decision if you get a guy like Urban Meyer, national championship you know, as a head coach, what has he had? And the only reason for that is Urban has proved it. He won two at Florida, got out. Ohio State hires him. He wins one there. So he's proven he can come in and win championships. As a head coach, which is key. Yes. Because people will yes. argue, oh, Sark's won head championships. No, no, no. no, no, no it's no, not no, the same no. thing. Um, 
But no, like give Herman another year. Like, are you upgrading? Are no. you upgrading? Is the straight up answer? I I actually completely disagree. I, I think, they're, think downgrading. they're downgrading. I do think they're downgrading. Slightly, maybe, but I don't think it was worth firing the guy and, and paying the and doing a couple of things. The only thing that I will say is, okay, we're talking about figures, we're talking about numbers, and we're talking about money. Maybe there were some intel things that we don't know because there were a couple of reports that players were celebrating. And if you're if you're talking about that, that's a totally different thing. That is, and that's that's something that we don't see. Those are the X factors you can't account for. I would agree with you there. The now, kicker here have, is yeah. how much. How much is when are you going to recoup that twenty eight million dollars, or whatever it came out to? I want to say it's twenty eight. Mm. Like how yeah. how UT can afford that? That's what I'm saying. UT can afford that if there was internal problems where players are celebrating and it's a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. That then there's something there that needs to, needs to be said. I mean, we're all for NCAA athletes being, you know, having their voice because they matter. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones busting their ass, going to school, you know, the whole sh- shebang. Yeah, that matters. So, as I'm saying and thinking, those reports are coming into my head, and that that probably had a lot to do with it. We assume, but we don't know. But I, I think it's a a very valid point that we have not considered to this point. Um. Back yeah. to the whiskey. Yeah, let's let's get Speaking back there. Speaking of Austin. Yeah, I see what I did there. I see what you did. That was a sexy transition. Okay. A Jew or me? Who wants to go first? I'm going to let you go. Okay. So as I kept snifting, I got big red gum, as I said earlier. This one is... This one's good. So, I had a glass the other night, and I was like, what the heck is that? I've I've had that before. My parents got me a coin box when I was younger that was redwood, and that smell, like, stuck with me. Like, I could open that box up, close my eyes. Like, I could, that was what that tasted like. Initially, weird, weird memory lane. Don't you just love when things do that? No, I mean, I do because I think it talks a little bit about us. Um, that my parents got me a coin box that it was made out of redwood, but yes, the wood was red. Maybe it wasn't redwood. What are some other possible, Mr. Carpenter? Pine. Cedar, it's probably cedar. Oak, yeah, it's, you were like, it's probably cedar. Um, that, this sounds like mesquite. the most typical bus stop conversation <laughs> I've ever. And this, that's because we talked about Forrest Gump earlier. <laughs> you could have cedar, oak, pine, mesquite. It was, it was a heavy. Was it heavy? No, it was probably cedar. Okay, so completely crushed my soul uh maybe it was cedar whatever the fuck the box was made out of that's what this tasted like and it tastes delicious okay cedar's a great wood great mm. super strong in there easy to work with very light my desk is actually made out of cedar cool don't care so back to my <laughs> tasting <laughs> back to my tasting notes where i made this totally desk. just punched my eight-year-old self in the face right there um 
the flavors started to come out more and more. Lemon, citrus. A little bit of a, like a wine grape in the background. The oak is there. And man, I keep telling myself, like, you're going to find the, the, you know, you're going to, this is a two, a age two year old, you know, barrel of whiskey. You're going to taste that somewhere. Not coming out because, I mean, it's at that sweet spot. 98, you're, you're flirting. You're flirting with bottled and bond there. Yep. You know, that's a good point, other, though. That's a good point. all the other requirements. But it, it's, it's flavorful, man. I love like 95 through like 110 proof whiskeys. I think that is a sweet spot for everybody. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a B minus on the palate. It's good. It's very good. Definitely not what you're expecting. If I gave you it, I'd, oh, and you know what else I was going to point out? I, I definitely love the way I ended the year on a Rye kick, the Jack Daniels, the uh, Rare Breed, just what I needed. This is a high Rye if you think about it. How high is it? 25. Ooh. And then I, I remember somebody told me that technically to be called a rye whiskey, I think you only need to have a – it's a very low percentage. I don't want to lie. I'll just say that it's not as high as you think. I, it's not like we're to be bourbon, it has to be 51 corn or whatever. But it has those sweet spiciness of, of you know that rye whiskeys will have. It's uh, It's a good one so far. That's awesome, man. Um, that is one that I'll probably pick up once I start beating myself through what I have left in my uh, reserves, which is, I'm going to just dive into this. This was not an originally a reserve whiskey, something I did not want to drink. But after the initial neck pours, it is not something I was looking forward to drinking. Um, I think that thought off of the nose carried right into the palate. The palate is a bit pungent on the front end, um, chocolate oak, but like in a bitter way. And then that one has, from I remember from my tipsy port your house, that has the Texas funk like it does kicks you in the face with it, doesn't it? Yep, it does. And once you kind of read about it, and you try to understand what is that. That's that corn. The funk is there. It, it's not even a Scotch. We call it a Scotch funk, but it's it's a grassy, earthy kind of funk which I think bleeds into the corn. Um, but when you try to get past that, it's like chocolate. There's a lot of oak there and barrel spice. I read which this. Which you'll get in your Texas whiskeys. Yeah. I read this, and this is a stretch for me, but what I do when I review whiskeys is I go through and I write it down on my book, write down everything I'm getting, and then I'll go to like a couple different review sites. Whether it's I try to stay away from the manufacturer of the distillers, frankly, because I think they tend to overindulge. So I actually think I read this like, bourbon finder bourbon pursuit one of those two anyway um the stretch one here that i could pick up was black licorice or licorice specifically i got black licorice so that was uh, a little bit different for me overall i'd, I'd give this probably a c minus um on the palate so not not great not drain poor um but i think it really is an acquired taste i, I will say this about it the more you drink the better it gets, and that is probably most whiskeys. Most whiskeys, I'd agree, yeah. But this is not one that, like, the first time you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Those are so hard to find, and those are the ones you really, really want. And this is just not that. 
it's different though. I, I can see why it won Bourbon of the Year. When you take into consideration what we talked about, about like reviewers and judges, they want something different, you know, off, you know, a little bit outside of the, the current palette or the tip atypical palette, even though it still falls within the legal requirements of a bourbon. It's just different. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember you telling me you do that. And that's an awesome technique to do. So I'm looking back just for the purposes of what you said. I'm going back to the website that I got the percentages from. And I'm looking at their tasting notes. And the only thing that we have similar was the other day, towards the end of my first ram, it was like biting into a fresh red apple. And that's about the only similarity that we have on here. And that's because they put green apple. Um, Which one are you talking about? You're talking about the still lesson? Yes. You know, they put on the nose peanut butter cola fresh moss. I did not get that. Fresh moss. Palette sourdough who's, bread. Who's eating fresh moss? Oh, I did the other day for breakfast. Oh, High okay. in fiber, good nutrients. Uh, as for some reason, I have not been paying attention. But Nate uh, Settlefield is in the game for the Eagles, and it's fourteen to seventeen in the fourth quarter with twelve minutes at quarterback. Yeah. Think that has anything to do with the report coming out today that Carson Wentz said he's still going to look for a trade no matter what because his relationship with Peterson is broken. Oh. Well, help me out here. Why is Jalen Hurts out of the game? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. We've been talking about fresh moss. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the that's the current situation that we're in right now. My wet Four, dream. Fourth quarter, 1230 to go, and Jalen, they have Jalen Hurts on the sideline. As the camera pans on him, but we'll keep an eye on that and see what's going on. I'm sure we'll find out what Carson Wentz said on the sideline tomorrow. Yeah. One thing I, I do think was funny, like where you're talking, I looked up and they had a, a couple tweets out from, you know, JPP, uh, I think it was Jason Pierre Paul, right? And uh, the New York Giants uh, official Twitter, which, hey, just shout out, we do have a Twitter now, Fourth Dram, follow us. Um, the, it said, uh, it was the Giants' official Twitter's like never thought we'd say this, but fly equals fly, because <laughs> uh, they need they need the Eagles win here. Yes, yes, they do because the Cowboys lost to them today. Remember, Cowboys? Yeah, that was ugly. Did you see that bullshit fumble at the end of the game? The one where the Giants absolutely recovered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just, my, my thing wasn't it. about the recovery. It was about like why the fuck did he drop the ball? <laughs> Like that was so such unnecessary drama. It happens. It does. All right. Okay. So we got a C minus on yours. We got a B. Did I say B minus or B plus? I'm gonna go with B plus. Sure. If we'll I said do B, B minus. I'm getting more of that apple. I'm gonna say B plus. That okay. that puts this as a as a pretty high one if it's we go to overalls. Good. All right. It's um, good. So let's. Move on from our tasting palette scores here, with which, which is the beginning of our third dram, and really get into kind of the, the whiskey news reviews section. Um, this is where we just really talk about general things whiskey, if there's something high happening. But what we wanted to use this time for today was to really talk about, hey, 2021, fresh year. Everybody thinks that everything's going to change overnight. It's not going to. Please keep using your 2020 precautions. There's still a virus out there. But in the whiskey world, I want to look at 2021 with a fresh set of eyes. What are the, some of the things that I want to try that I have not been able to get my hands on? So, Kurt, I know what I want. 
But I want to hear, do you have anything that's in your mind that you're like, man, 2021, I either didn't get to try this in 2020, or I know there's a hot release coming out. I want to try this. Uh, Bourbon. I want to try bourbon in 2021. That's my answer. That's that's uh, it's very specific. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I struck out quite a bit this year. I did not get... Um, I didn't get George T. Stag for, you know, that was my go-to at the end of the year. I didn't get birthday bourbon, even though I thought I put myself in a better situa- uh, situation to get my hands on that one this year, including your assistance from a totally other city. Um, so, of course, those are the, the you, you'd think of bourbon season. I hope I have a be- better bourbon season next year. I've already kind of said I want to try things that I've written off the list. We talked about Rebel Yell. I want to try that because I've, I've read This is a two-year aged bourbon. Chattanooga was a two-year aged bourbon. They both have been delicious, changing my mind a little bit on you know younger bourbons. Uh, so trying the ones that are a little bit outside of the box, maybe going into the, the liquor store and trying the companies that I haven't had. Uh, Buffalo Trace Kosher, that's a line of whiskeys that I've been seeing. That I've, I've heard good reviews. They had the very last pour at Whiskey Cake the last time I was there. Somebody got it. So that's telling me that it's a popular one. People are playing out the ass for that on secondary right now. Yeah. Um, is it just Buffalo Trace? The name's doing it, or I think it's just limited release, and people want Buffalo Trace limited release stuff. I got a feeling you're going to be a little bit more specific than me, there, Dick. What are the ones that you have specifically etched out? Because I know you. So I feel like when we get into these conversations, I get a little bit nerdy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to kind of reel that back in 2021. JK, uh, I'm probably going to get more nerdy. Um, I don't think we're ever going to compete with some of the direct whiskey guy, whiskey podcast, whiskey YouTube people. We really want to make sure we're blending our passions here. So um, Kurt's always going to keep me honest. So I do want to kind of talk about a couple here. Um, New Riff. And they're um, they got a single barrel bourbon. I'm always gonna go with single barrels, single barrel bourbon, single barrel single barrel rye. Their bourbon is actually a high rye, so it's actually a 30% rye mix or sorry rye mash bill. And then their single barrel rye is actually a hundred percent rye, 95% rye with a five percent malted rye, which is super interesting to me. And I've read a couple um, reviews. I don't believe it was on in Whiskey Advocate, but I think it was on. You others. like your rye. Yeah. Well, no, it was on um, distillers and they were interviewing different distillers, specifically master distillers. And they were essentially asking, maybe it wasn't Whiskey Advocate, what are you drinking? And one of them they got hit a couple times was New Riff. I've never seen it. it. It's kind of a weird bottle. It's orange and black. It has that like two-tone, right? It changes halfway through the bottle or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it looks pretty cool. I want to say it's almost the same exact damn bottle style as Iron Root is, like form. Um, no. It's very similar. Well, the bottle shape, but the label's nowhere. No, it's what I'm saying. Bottle shape, form, bottle form, not the label. Well, no. Iron Root looks like a wine bottle, doesn't it? Kind of like a modified wine bottle. It's oh it's, yeah, like you would drink wine in it. Oh, okay, no, you okay. wouldn't. It's not a wine bottle. So New Riffs products are definitely on my list, and this is one I'm gonna get a little nerdy here because as the Eagles just picked off the football team, um, 
makes it more That's interesting. Good. Hey, you caught me or I caught myself. Um, I was actually listening to the podcast guys today. I really do enjoy their podcast. Um, I'm not going to make this about them, but they actually had the founder and owner of 291 Distilling. So 291's out of Colorado and they do a Colorado bourbon. And I won't get too crazy in here, but I learned a couple things on this. It's actually, I've never heard of them. They're a micro distillery out of Colorado, Colorado Springs. Their owner is a former photographer from New York, from New York City, who actually bootstrapped his entire bourbon making operation from the bottom up. And they have a couple rise. Um, they've got a couple bourbons. Um, they've got a couple white dogs. And they actually won a lot of awards within his first few batches. And so this guy is doing 10 to 30 gallon barrel operations using staves to kind of help that maturation process along. And I've only had a couple other Colorado whiskeys, Stranahan's, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm gonna, you're going to probably hear me reviewing that one on, but it's a different style. And based off of what they reviewed today, we're talking about 80 to $110 bottles, so it'll be a price point to get up there. But... Sorry, I'm just, there's I'm just, a shit show going on. I'm sorry, I'm just seeing the Chase Young fumble. But pick yeah, recover. So Eagles throw a pick, Washington throws a pick, Sudfield, I don't even think I'm saying his name right. I'm I'm checking the Twitter as we're talking. They're tearing Peterson up, like why are you pulling Hurts right now? I think he has two rushing touchdowns. And he just dropped the snap. So it's it's literally the definition of the NFC East going on right now. Yeah, shit show. Um so yeah, back to 291 Distilling. Really want to pick up a couple of their, a couple of their bottles if I can this year. I like what they're doing. I'm learning a lot just based off of the interview that I read, or I'm sorry, I listened to. Um, and then you know just some of the kind of traditional stuff like Weller Foolproof, Single Barrel. Um, I want the B-Tac, dude. I have not had a B-Tac bottle, period. I mean, I've had it, but I have not been able to buy one. I feel like I missed out, and this was my first big year of actually trying to hunt for it. I do want to try a little Blanton's Gold. Have to get my hands on the E.H. Taylor, Taylor Barrel Proof, and then the E.C., the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel, and Barrel Proof Rye. So those are on my list. Toasted Barrel is intriguing because of the mixed reviews I saw on it. I would I would not turn it down. And B-Tag bottles are delicious. Well, I think that goes back to, like, the big thing. My wife and I were talking about this, like, 2021. Like, I want to, with no shame or, or no you know, concern really, it's not shame, it's concern, go out and be able to go to like bar 1919 or whiskey cake, sit down in a bar and like feel comfortable that I'm going to be okay. And I know a lot of people are doing it and I'm probably being a little paranoid, but, but you, I want you that. have the right to do that. Yeah, I, I want, I know, but I want that comfort where I can go and like sit down. I want my four flight and be like, I want that, 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 because I know so much more now than I used to. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, I want Blanton's and, you know, Weller CYBP. I want, like, hard shit that's hard <laughs> to find and worth it. I like it. No, I, I can't wait to go to a Texans game next year or even a Rockets game this year. Be around people. High-five some randoms. And Lick some then, seats. Eat some second yes. bubble gum. Oh, God, stick my hand in somebody else's popcorn jug. It's going to be a beautiful <laughs> thing. I can't. That's not where I thought it. you were going to put your hand, but, yeah, that too. <laughs> Well, if you knew me, you would. <laughs> uh, On to the Fort Dram. Let's get there. NFL. 
I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because the college segment did, but there are definitely things we can talk about. I want to talk about the playoff preview since we got a better picture of what's going on except for this shit show in Philly. I want to talk about Bloody Monday since we apparently are the place for go-to head coaching news. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's talk about um, a quick rush-through of uh, what happened in football We've got the playoff matchups ready to go. We'll predict them, and then we'll give our final thoughts on this these two glasses of whiskey that we have. As it worked out, I believe I had said, I said I hoped it was Dolphins and Browns. They got the wild card spots. Browns got in. They didn't do it convincingly, but they did against Mason Rudolph. Dolphins didn't. That was going to be a tough one. NFC, I had said Cardinals. That did not happen. Kyler Murray was hurt. Then he wasn't hurt. Then he was hurt again. And I believe I had said the Bears because the Packers possibly may not play their dudes, but they did play their dudes. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I had said they were going to play their dudes because they were playing for that home field. Uh, Anyway, however it worked out, the Bears got in. How, how that happened, I don't know. I would have to look back and see who lost for that to happen. I guess it was the Cardinals. But let's go through the games. We're going to assume if the Redskins, if the Washington football team can score here, they're putting themselves for a pretty good chance at matching up with the 43 touchdowns this year at 40 years old, Tom Brady. 43-43? wins that game? Yeah, so for me, it's going to be the Bucks. I don't care who yes. it is. The Bucks win that game. Yes, I'm taking the Bucks over Washington or New York. Either one. Moving on. Rams at Seattle. Rams have limped in to the playoffs the last six weeks. I'm going to have to take Seattle. I'll take Seattle, too. Golf is iffy with his hand injury. Yeah, it was bloody, even wasn't if it? He, or was that Dalton no, today? That, that was, was Dalton, Dalton today. Yeah. Who, he was bloody before the injury I mean he was he was missing some throws today like there was one where it was it was like when you played Madden and you accidentally clicked the release button on the snap and then it just he threw it straight out of bounds there was one just like that today I'm not kidding <laughs> I love that because so many times I did that or where you had QB vision and you threw it to the receiver outside of the QB vision do you remember that shit QB Vision was like only one season. It was like two seasons, yeah. It was horse shit. Because you'd be Tom Brady and you had the entire field. No, I would I would more off like I I remember it was the turbo button or something, but if you took the snap and you pressed that, you just threw the ball out of bounds. That's what it looked like. Chicago and the Saints. Cool story. Chicago's gonna be stuck deciding on what they do with Trubisky. I think he's done enough. I think they keep him just because it's so damn hard to find a starter in the NFL as I'm watching the Philadelphia Eagles completely crap on how they handle the situation. It's so hard. Keep Trubisky. He got you there. What the hell? Why not? Maybe he's got a boat of confidence. But I've got to go New Orleans. Two breeze announced today. It's his last hurrah. Not really a surprise. It'd be cool to see him go out on top. I don't know if they'll do that, but I do think they will start off with a win against the Chicago Bears as the Washington football team has a 20 to 14 lead with 656 left in the fourth you know I hadn't even thought about this do you think this is the Eagles like trying to give the middle finger to the Giants not at all really you think they're actually trying to win this game by taking Jalen somebody on 
somebody on Twitter said this is this is the biggest form of tanking. And that goes back to the conversation we had where these are competitors, these are guys who sacrifice every day of the year. I don't for think their profession. The players are tanking. But it's almost like the head coach is taking Hurts out of the game to save him. I and then also be like, eh, fuck you, Giants. I hope he didn't do that, but I'll I'll entertain the thought, but I'm more concerned on who do you think is going to win between the Bears and the Saints. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Saints here. Ravens at Titans. Rematch of last year. Ravens were huge favorites in last year's game. They had Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Titans came in. I don't even know why you're entertaining this. The Ravens are limping in the playoffs and the Titans. Specifically, like the Titans didn't squeeze one out against the Texans today. Yeah, but they were still playing lights out, dude. The Ravens are not playing well. Why? Because they had the probably the worst case of COVID throughout the year than you know more than anybody else. Oh my God, the Eagles. Um, no, they haven't played well. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna take the Titans here. Upset, upset alert! Hit the sirens. Lamar Jackson goes into Tennessee next week and he beats the Titans. I'll put it down. At the end of the day, I'm just going to be wrong. Or I'm going to be right. That's all. That's all. <laughs> not even go down that road. All right, next I mean, one. Am I, am I right? <laughs> You're not Browns wrong. at Steelers. This is a rematch, which is... A rematch. Really weird. I'm going to have to say the Steelers because as much as the Browns won today, they won against Mason Rudolph, to your point earlier. By two. By two. And once again, they put the entire game on Mayfield, and he made a few plays, which put him over the top. But you just can't constantly put put the entire game on his back. Everybody knows this. 2002, last time the Cleveland Browns were in the playoffs, you know who they got beat by? The Steelers. Yeah. Ooh. It was a comeback victory was for the Was that Cordell Stewart? I believe. I almost it remember was Tommy watching. Maddox. Holy shit, you're right. Because I think Cordell Stewart was injured earlier in the season. And then Tommy Maddox came. Yeah. I yeah. Believe, I know it was no, Tommy Maddox. Right. I don't it was know. Tommy Maddox. Tommy, Tommy Maddox had that weird setup where he was the guy, he wasn't the guy, then he was the guy, then he was, it was I think he had two big injuries in his career, and the second one was the one that set up. He was Carson Wentz. You know, Ben Roethlisberger. He was, he was the, he's the only one with an XFL championship MVP, I think. <laughs> the only one. Bell lovers out there. Uh, it was the L.A. Galaxy no, against that's, the... That, L.A. Galaxy, I think, is their soccer team. Okay, it was the L.A. something against the Birmingham Demons. Mm. Anyway. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the Las Vegas Rough Riders or whatever they were. Speaking of a rabbit hole, and then, yeah, if I didn't say so, I think the Steelers are going to win, too. I think it's going to be a close game, a lot like today's game. I think the Steelers will get the advantage with Ben and playing at Pittsburgh as the Washington punt returner says, let's just try to lose this game. He dropped the Dude, punt. you are a solid 10 seconds ahead of me. Well, he, he drops it to, to spare you the excitement, uh, but he gets it back. And finally, Colts at Bills. This one should be a good one, too, even though the Colts were trying to keep Jacksonville in it today. I don't know what they were doing. Um, Bills. Bills have to win this one. 
I'll go Bills too, just to keep it short and sweet. Got to talk about Bloody Monday coming Ooh, up today. That all the coaches in the NFL lose their jobs, even though there's been so many that have already lost their jobs. Started and they today. all get massive payouts, and they still keep Shocker. getting paid. Completely shocked. Adam Gase lost his job today, people, ladies and gentlemen. I did not know how that possibly happened. Wait, did they hit the presses today? It wasn't tomorrow? Yes. No, he's out. He's gone. Imagine that. Who's next? As in, who's next? I've heard a couple names thrown around. Eric Benemy for the... But I'm more... Who's next to... I don't. I don't think Romeo Cornell's your guy in Houston. Well, I hope okay, we're going to get there. Guy. But who is it? Who is your guy? Where? Houston. Because I don't want to talk Benjamin. about the other one. Okay. Um, I mean, look what he's doing. Okay, look what him and Andy Reid are doing with Patrick Mahomes. Fair enough. Offense. Deshaun, him and Deshaun Watson would be nice together. Exactly. So I think the big one out there is Doug Marone. Uh, he's got to be out. He's got to be out, and rumor has it, based off like a Bleacher Report and a couple other reports I had, this, that's the job that Urban's taking. I'll believe that when I see it, because I think I even saw a report today that said Urban was like, I'm not doing anything coaching That's what everybody says until they take the He's job. too all over the place. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take um, Steve Sark coordinator. Dude, <laughs> wouldn't that be the craziest shit? Just like with... Um, with uh, Hold on. Fuck, what's his name? If Steve Sarkeesian took an NFL job and left Texas hanging? Just like... Fuck, your boy. Um, Arizona head coach. He didn't leave a school hanging. They fired him. No, he took the USC job and then went to Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's not as surprising because that's, that's ditching a coordinator job for... I thought you were talking about in terms of him ditching a head high school or head college job. No, um, no, no, no. No, that's not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know who they get. Kingsbury. I'm more. Yeah. Took me a second. So. Yeah. So Jacksonville is going to need a new head coach. New York Jets are going to need a new head coach. I think Jacksonville is actually set up pretty good. I mean, I, I want to just play devil's advocate here, right? So let's say they get Trevor Lawrence, right? They have James Robinson. They're they getting actually, Trevor Lawrence. Okay. They're getting Trevor Lawrence. They have James Robinson. They actually have a pretty good backup running back, too. I can't remember his name. Their defense, it's its not shit. It's not the greatest. It's a, it's a mid-grade defense from what I remember. And you get Urban Meyer in there. I mean, like, the Jags have a chance. Like, the cards might be lining up. Let me Okay, let me cut you off there. So what if you have Urban Meyer in there? He's a proven winner. At what level? At the college level, yes, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I, 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 I know. In the NFL. I, it didn't do well. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a, yeah, they're going to be great. But of all the situations, it's a lot better than the Jets situation. And we've we've already talked about that. We've talked about that when it came to Trevor Lawrence. It, it just goes back to the, so you're going to bring in a college coach who was able to control a bunch of teenagers and young young men in a, you know a school setting. Now you're talking about grown-ass men. You know, it just hasn't. I'm, I'm. I don't know how things are going in Arizona behind closed doors. I'm, I'm curious. With Kingsbury, uh, yeah, uh, but that just hasn't been the recipe for success lately. It hasn't. It hasn't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, most of the time, it's your successful offensive, or I'm sorry, NFL coaches are NFL coaches that start as NFL coaches. Yeah. So, thinking of shitty teams, Texans are going to need a new head coach as the, oh my God, 
You can't Man. keep reacting to the game because I'm not watching it. So it's twenty to fourteen. It's twenty to fourteen. There's three twenty-four left. Alex Smith just dropped the snap. Eagles had about okay, let's see. They're showing the replay. He drops the snap. He can't get it. Running back can't get it. An Eagle player has it. Another Eagle player has a chance. Another Eagle player has a chance. And I think after all that, Alex Smith ended up back with it. Holy crap. Nobody wants to win this game. That's what it looks like. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So, yeah, the Texans are going to need a new head coach. Detroit's going to need a new head coach. The Jets are going to need a new head coach. We think Jacksonville's going to need a new head coach. Brings me back to Bloody Monday. You thinking anybody else gets fired tomorrow? I don't think so. Not a head coach position. We're not, yeah, we're not talking college here. Well, I guess we could. No, because Bloody Monday is specifically the Monday after the last Sunday game. Uh, the one that I'm going to keep my eye on is San Diego's head coach. Ooh, okay. I thought you were going to Mike McCarthy. Well, they've already said McCarthy's keeping his job. Yeah, that's what they all say before they fire him. No, but usually... <laughs> no. Uh, no, Jerry Jones always keeps his word, right, man? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, old uh, Texas Tech alum, Mr. Anthony Lynn in, in San Diego, he's the one that I'm going to keep an eye on. He will be iffy. I don't think he keeps his job. He may be the next one fired, but... We will uh, we will see, and then we'll have something else to talk about in the next episode. Let's bring her to a close. What was your overall thoughts on that bourbon of the year, Iron Root? So I had said C-minus C- on the nose, C-minus on the palate, and we keep it consistent. I'm going to say C-minus overall. All right, so if I, overall, if I was going to say this would be something you'd take to a tailgate, a Christmas party, or a wedding, I think you take this to the Christmas party. Um, or the holiday party, whatever it is, may the work function. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a great whiskey from the standpoint of it doesn't. I don't want to say it's not a great whiskey. I feel like that's cutting your legs out from underneath it. It is not a great traditional bourbon, but it's an experience. And if you're looking for something to walk in and say, "Hey, I have the 2020 bourbon of the year," people are like, "Oh, okay." For 60 60 to 70 I think in there Um, but this was like the last one at spec so I'm not even sure you can find it that often Um, they have a couple other options here don't be fooled this is the 115 proof they have the 100 proof there typically you can find it all the time this is different Um, I I think it's something that's going to pique people's interest make a little bit curious about what you got but it's not anything you're going to impress like real bourbon drinkers with I don't think in my opinion that people like not even myself I don't think your people like your bourbon junk because you'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a hitter. Because it does not please the senses on all, across the board. It's something that falls a little short. And I had seen that online. Somebody literally put, you know, what do y'all think? And somebody's first response was, this was definitely not the bourbon of the year. I would much rather have a smoke wagon product over this. Give me smoke wagon uncut, unfiltered, 10 times a week and twice on Sundays on this. From my from my one sample, I just thought it was just too funky, too too much. It was like it was the too much of the funk from Garrison Brothers, but not as good. Yeah, Garrison Brothers. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about still you, Austin? Man, still Austin's getting a B plus for me for the price 
it may be a little sweeter than uh you know traditional whiskey lovers may enjoy as they knock the shit out of Alex Smith as he's trying to was he trying to take a knee and they threw a offsides I don't know, I have to look at that again because I look up and Alex Smith is on the ground. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, he got his it, knees on a blown dead play. And he takes this. Oh, they tried getting him off sides. They thought he fumbled and then died for the ball. Okay, yes, typical NFCs. Uh, B plus. Still, Austin gets a B plus with their straight bourbon whiskey. The musician. It's. I'm gonna finish this bottle very quickly. It's delicious. It's in that it's in that price range where yeah you're probably gonna find some others better. I mean you are gonna find some others better, but it's good. I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad I'm trying to try the Texas experience. This is the definition with the big gold silver sticker, certified Texas whiskey. Not disappointed, man. I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad that I went through because there were definitely others that were not Texas related that I wanted to grab, but I stuck to my guns. Said kept to my word still austin it's good get it almost feel like we need to do just a texas whiskey trail edition and i know you and i kicked around the idea and i think we actually need to do it this year of a like distillery tour um i i really really want to do when that. things get back to normal yeah, yeah. and then things that we don't have to wait for is we can absolutely do a texas blind we can pick a garrison brothers we can pick it's gonna oh now that's gonna be out of the pocket you're talking out of the pocket but uh you're talking uh what my wife is bitching about big time <laughs> but i think you and i could do that by putting our money together and say okay we're gonna buy these three or four bottles and then you buy one i buy one we pour it into a different bottle yeah. and just ship it to each other or do a drop off i think i've had it enough to where i may be able to navigate the waters pretty well but i'd still no, be we, interested we need to blend Maybe, it together Maybe like a Texas bourbon, Garrison Brothers bourbon, Balcones bourbon blind? Eh? I, I No, I like that. I just don't want us all both to have to buy all the bottles. True. I guess we'll be sending some. Um, before we close out, is your wife bitching about anything this week? What the fuck did you buy? I wouldn't say bitching. I would say a little bit of, uh, you know, ribbing. Um, I went to Specs and I was able to pick up a Henry McKenna. Um, 10 for my backup to my backup. So I have Henry McKenna on my bar now to drink, which is pretty much full, 90% full. So it's nice to have a backup. That was a little bit of, do you really need another bottle right now? I thought you were clearing everything out. And then I picked up the walking stick with that. And other than that, no, I've just, just new cheaper bottles right now. I have not got my hands on any of the BTAC stuff. Word on the street from my specs dude is I might get a call for one. Um, but I found out a little bit of stuff that actually the specs here, the, my local one, actually has to run all the allocations on BTAC stuff for four specs in San Antonio. So, nice. yeah, it doesn't, it's not Good nice. Job. It's taking forever. <laughs> um, but no, not yet. That's, that is a little whiskey tip, though. When you buy a shitload of expensive ones, they're happy when you show up with the cheaper ones. So, for sure. Yeah, that's pro Keep tip. That in mind. Pro tip. Um, what about you, man? What you got, Kurt? She will not be bitching because I've we made a vow at the beginning of this podcast when we started. We wanted to be there for the beginner, for the newbie, for the average Joe. So I think my next couple, you know, I think the next showing, 
I do want to continue my Texas traditions, but maybe maybe just a nice little Maker's Mark, original Maker's Mark. Give the the noobs my my thoughts on it because that is a classic go-to. Um, possibly something else that's just really standard. Uh, maybe even a traditional Texas whiskey like Rebecca Creek. Anything that you and me can walk in, buy it, mix it, do whatever we want with it because of the price and the availability. Uh, so she shouldn't be bitching about too much. Good, good on you. I'm gonna try to clean up my cabinet. Cabinet. I'm. I'm gonna be bitching when I have to finish that strain hands bottle. I can just tell you that right now. Before we close completely out, I want Dick to lay the social media sites on you one more time. All right. Thanks for that, Kurt. So, Drammers, um, once again, don't forget to you know, hey, just visit us on our website, Fourth Dram, Four Th Dram and goal.com um it's all one word that will be a centralized spot for you to get in contact with with us whether it's shooting us an email through the site or follow us on instagram you've also got the links to our twitter as well as facebook there really trying to keep boots on the ground there make sure we're keeping close to our listeners and that we're not getting too pie in the sky about everything we're doing and if you don't want to do that just hit us up on fourth dram and goal at gmail.com that's 4th dram and goal.com all right, Kurt, back to you, man. Great job, Dick. And like I said, we are at the point. Send us a question. Send us something. Send us a statement. Send us a recommendation. We will bring it out on this podcast. We'll shoot you a shout-out. Unless you just tell us, hey, you guys suck. Go fuck yourself. We may still throw a shout-out, but it's not going to be a good one. Okay, so in honor of the GOAT today throwing 43 touchdowns this season, I think sometimes in life, the biggest challenges end up being the best things that happen in your life. Tom frickin' Brady. I know grabbing the glass of whiskey is the thing you want to do, and it's a great way to celebrate it. But get through those challenges. Do a little bit more. Battle through them. Let's go 2021. To the next snap and to the next dram. Drink on, drammers. Drammers.